Welcome to this edition of Hindsight is Horrifying, the show where three mostly normal and somewhat cynical adults discuss life as members of the TV generation. Now here are your hosts, Darth Jader, Jason Mitchell and Adam B. Hi, welcome back, Hindsiders. It's been so long. We're back. One eternity later. My God, it's been a long time. It's been a hot freaking minute. <laughs> I forgot what the music sounded like. I know. It took me home, though. Yeah, This is our theme, right? Yeah, I'm loving it. it. I right. think yeah. so. They said our names. Yeah, so, so I'm pretty sure that means we're, <laughs> I, we're on the right track. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We have Hi, been, everybody. Yeah, we've been gone for, for weeks and weeks because we've literally been doing everything. We've, and I wasn't even hospitalized this time, so that's exciting. That is true. We were that out for true. good reasons. Yes. Yes. Artistic reasons. Uh, Autistic reasons? Artistic. Oh. Yeah, potato, potato. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we How were many doing, ceiling tiles again? We were, we were doing <laughs> a, uh, a play. We did a play. Yes, a little a play, play that you may have never heard of. Uh, it's called The Sound of Music. Mm, yes. I've heard of it. We were working on that mm-hmm. at the Alpharetta Arts Center, which was incredibly exciting. Jason's lovely wife, Elaine, led a children's workshop where wow. the yeah, hard work. Great. Yes. Oh, yeah. Elaine pulled everything together. We were just, we were just <laughs> her puppets. Know how she does it. We were like, Elaine, what do you need? Sound, music, other actors? Sure. Why not? We're how, in. How many shows do we do? Four. 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 That was that was a lot of shows for people who don't do that sort of thing on a uh, a daily basis. And for seven kids to pull off such a concentrated, uh, it, it, it was pared down to be sure because normally the sound of music is approximately seven and a half hours long. Yeah. But uh, Elaine pared it down to a manageable time, and I think it was about an hour and a half show if you include yeah, the intermission, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and the kids did so well; they were absolutely the stars of the show. They did so great they were enthusiastic they were in it it was so it was a treat to yes. watch them perform mm-hmm. and now it's done and we will never do that again Woo! <laughs> except except we will because annie is starting well, well we're not in it as sean we're connery not. says never say never yes again. jason played the captain i was mother abbas slash frau schmidt and adam of course was uncle max <laughs> Maxie. uncle max yes um, Don't li- you trust me? I, I no. To, I live to tell about it, though. The Gestapo did not take me away in this version. Yes, this was the alternate version where Max Max lived somehow. Yeah. Um, and he we're found, and we're very springtime for Hitler. He was yeah. okay. He goes we're, on the road with the kids. But yeah, so we've been fairly busy. Jason has been, uh, you know, traversing the world yes. with oh, his family, yeah, which was right. exciting too. He abandoned Adam and me, left us in America to go, you know, traipsing across Europe. Well, and actually, funny you say that because yeah, I was in London and uh, Paris uh, for about ten days ish. I lost track. Ooh, um, Barbadurco. But. Since you guys are both going on vacation uh, next week and then the week after that, I decided we should have a new segment on the show where when somebody gets back, they get to tell us a little bit about their trip. Okay. So uh, You're going to have so much better stories than I am. (laughs) I'm just going to Florida. You're going to St. Somme? No, we're in Florida. I'm not telling. I don't want the yeah, because Florida. I don't want nothing the interesting to know. ever happens in Florida. <laughs> You're going to be in the same state as Florida man. <laughs> well, yes, but jo- I mean, but Josh man happen. will be with me, so I'll be safe from Florida. Yeah, man. but you get to, you'll be able to see things happening in Florida though. Yeah, like gator wrestling and all yeah. that good stuff that they do down in Florida. Anyway, though, so without further ado, this is our new segment uh, called Hindsight is horrifying. Travel tales. Ooh. <laughs> 
and yeah, so that is that is it. And <laughs> oh you, my god! You, you guys couldn't uh, tell. Teaser. There there is actually music that was just playing. Oh, okay. With the ladies and gentlemen. I thought I went spontaneously yeah. deaf, so I'm relieved now. Uh, no, and uh, so I just wanted to share um, very quickly just a couple of things. Ooh, let me go to there. Please uh, do. Oh yes, so yes, some... yes. I want to see. Oh yeah. So that's that's Mamma Mia. That's the plane we flew. Actually, this we flew. Was two, that the, is that the Concorde? I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> yes, it's, yes. I got to Paris. Oh, if you can't hours. if you can't see, then yes, it is the Concorde. It's it's a plane uh, the size of a small city. <laughs> Virgin Atlantic names their planes, uh, like like old ships, and uh, that is the Mamma Mia. Oh, uh, it's a A three fifty one thousand, and the cool thing is we actually flew the exact same plane there and back. Oh, that's so that neat. neat. Nice, but it's it's neat because it's a plane with a lounge. Ooh. And if you're in upper class, you can you can go to the lounge and have some champagne. Oh, excuse uh, me. You, did you fly first class? Upper class, thank you. Oh, yes. Upper class. What's business? No, it's their business class. I was about to say no. I don't know what upper class is on a plane. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we get to London with a 12 year old. First thing he wants to do is go to the M&M store. Well, sure. <laughs> yeah. Do they taste different in England? <laughs> no, but I will say this: that store smells so much like chocolate that I thought it was going to puke. I've never smelt chocolate and gone before oh man i uh, guess there can be too much of it, a good though. thing yeah. oh yeah yeah and there are special flavors that you can't get on the streets yeah that are yeah. only offered at do the tell mr brown <laughs> took a picture for you darth <gasps> all right bob is everywhere uh let's see i just want to zoom through here oh that's uh here let me pull that one up you know his silly family yeah. i guess <laughs> well no it's actually the location this is right next to the hotel it's this tiny little place where that uh, is where the scaffold was in London. So if you were lucky enough to be hung, drawn, and quartered. Oh, my uh, God. That's the spot right there. Memories. Yeah, so if that isn't haunted, <laughs> I don't know what is. Oh, yeah. This is an interesting one. This is the this is the Tower of London. This is the armor of King Henry VIII. Like you do. Tell me if you notice anything unusual about. I'm having trouble seeing. He looks seeing. a little short. Oh He's my. missing Miss, his... Mr. Henry VIII's. Oh. <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted to make sure that everyone knew who was boss. Who, who the big dick on campus yeah, was. Yeah. Is that Hector the well-endowed? <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because they actually make a thing of it, and you can uh, take a picture. And, oh, my. And they still have the uh, the dick. The accoutrement. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the addictrement. Um, that's what David did most of the trip. Stared that's at what his I, phone. That's what I that's did. That's what most you of the trip. did. Yeah. Guinness. That's yes. the other thing I did most Ooh. of the trip. <laughs> uh, yeah, David uh, bought a hat. So. Aww. Is that? But I wanted to. Oh, oh, that was the wrong reaction. Now that he's twelve, right? <laughs> I'm, yeah, not, now, I'm yeah, not allowed to do, do that, that anymore. Mm. Uh, if anybody ever goes to England, go to this pub. It's called Trader's Gate. Best pub in all of England. Okay. And, uh, really good drag queen. Uh, tr- uh, bingo. Oh, there excellent. And that's in London. Yeah. I assume. Do they believe in life after love at that drag queen bingo? Uh, they do. Excellent. They do. They absolutely do. You but, have but, to. but she sings um, bingo numbers to the tune of share uh, songs. Share, share songs. <laughs> like literally. Um, That's excellent. This is another one I had to take for you, Darth. This um, is an Archer reference. Well, let me ask uh, did you drink it out of a pimp I, cup? I asked, <laughs> and they cup. didn't have a pimp cup. Not, so I, I couldn't have my pimp's cup in a pimp cup. Not to sound too <laughs> Hollywood, but where are we on that chalice? Uh, <laughs> the fu- and, and the amazing thing is, I've never had Pim's Cup before, and it's uh, god awful. Awesome, <laughs> it's terrible. How disappointing! But there was one shot. Uh, oh yeah, that was pictures uh, of your silly kid. My God. 
Uh, <laughs> the sea cop. <laughs> that was we, we were on the HMS Belfast, and we noticed uh, that Mr. Brown had been there before and done some graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for sending that to me. <laughs> yeah, by the way, that was oh, just, that Adam. was your call sign. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wanted the sea to get cop searching for the sea fanny. More beer. <laughs> All Ooh, the beer. The sea fanny. Paris. Paris. Did you just hear that? <laughs> no, it just sunk in. Um, oh yeah, uh, the cor- yeah hang, on, <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang There's on. the Eiffel Tower. How long were you in Paris? We were only in Paris for a day, but uh-huh. oh yeah, this is what I wanted to show. The British, you know, they have this great sense of humor. Um, yes. And so really, this is a little trick that I'm convinced that they play on people who drink, because those are the stairs in a pub going up to the bathroom. They look like they're going down to the bathroom. No, they're From going. Is, well, is it a painting? <laughs> no. So when you're when you when you've had about five or six beers, that is really daunting. And then they do something even meaner, which is on the way down the stairs transform into that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> Are there any railings? I can't tell from here. I mean, is there yeah, nothing? There, there are. Yeah, okay, there are. so there is something to, to hold though. on to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm gonna bring this back over here. Uh, what's really important though is I got gifts for you guys. <gasps> oh, he's setting Ooh. the bar super high. Yes. Yeah, I was about to say we've been given homework yes, for, our, we, uh, for our trips. I can Goodness. no longer enjoy my trip because I'll be worried about getting the right gift for you two. Now, um, there's nothing in. Florida for me to bring back. Oh, hang on, see, because Florida these are bad. these are packed in Virgin Atlantic. <laughs> you want Florida me? Amenities bags. Oh. Ooh, you at may- least it's not you know paper that's stapled shut. That's a nice change okay, of pace. So that is that one is yours. Oh, Garth, thank you. And this one is yours. Don't open them yet. Well, no. you can unzip them, unzip them. But uh, I didn't unzip have any. I didn't. I didn't have any wrapping paper. So we'll just unzip. So if you okay. reach in there, you'll feel what something that feels like a sock, and because it is. <laughs> Um, it's a virgin, first. virgin it's Atlantic a sock. At one end. Well, Why it's been that? no, it's, it's it's good. It's okay. Yeah. So, uh, um, God. <laughs> I, did, I thought maybe it was a, a little butter brickle in there or something. I I'm going to pull you. it out right now. Go for it. Okay. Now, no. now, glassware is always something appropriate to give. This is an etiquette thing. So, mm-hmm. Mr. Brown, you, I, 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 I wanted to get some drinkware for you. Okay. Uh, like, it looks like a shot glass. Let's ooh. see what it is, though. It's from my personal collection. <laughs> I'm be very careful. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! I, saw, I saw those and thought of you. We'll Yikes. put some pictures up. Uh, so. Oh, my God. That is awesome. He brought you back some English hooters. Yes. <laughs> These are. Yes. Which and hooter doesn't mean the same thing in England, I learned before we started rolling. It means both. Oh, okay. Yeah, can. yeah. they'll cool. know what you mean. It's a context clue, sort of. Ah, cl- no, don't keep going. Okay, stop. Uh, Darth, uh, Darth, your glassware is also in a sock. Okay, uh, there are two socks in there for each of you. So Ooh. you know, knock yourselves out. Excellent. Now this, I, I saw this and I thought this of you. does I, not look like a shot glass. I said, you know, again, glassware. Yeah. That is the tackiest <gasps> ashtray I could <laughs> find. Oh, You're going to have to take up smoking. Oh, my. But may I? That, uh, literally, yes, yes, that literally looks like it's been stolen uh, from, from a, a hotel yeah. or a hotel in the 1970s. <laughs> That's that delightful. I'm going to put my spare change in this. Oh, wait. I don't carry cash anymore. Yeah, nobody does. Shit. Yeah. I'll think of something to do. Yeah, maybe yeah. Put your There's always something. something yeah. like yes, that. I'll put my jewelry yes. in here. <laughs> ah, bye. Now, um, let me see. Uh, the next yeah, what's, thing. what else is going on with um, these packages well, of goodies? I, I also clean. wanted to make sure that I got each of you something that uh, was uh, something that a person could wear. Oh, 
you know, because okay. it's glassware. And, sock. Well, <laughs> that, yeah, but something more, you know, uh, you know, uh, useful, utilitarian sort of thing. So that you'll find a paper bag in each of yours. All right, go okay, for I it. Found the paper bag and withdraw. You, yeah, both of you can. Oh, uh, at the same time. Okay. Same time. Motherfucker. Come in and carry on. What exactly do you think I have going on down no, south? Wait. <laughs> What's funny about these is that if you'll notice the back of yours, Darth, has a warning label on it. This novelty condom is not suitable for contraception now, or protection against but, STDs. Do not use. But on Adams, you'll notice there is no warning label. And it, it just says... Kissy, kissy, bang, bang. Yours actually has very explicit instructions on how to use a condom. Well, you got to start with one and then end with the other. Kissy, kissy, bang, bang. Yikes. And so, yes, so those. Oh, those that's awesome. what a wild Thank ride. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Now, in all seriousness, Jesus. though, I did want to get you guys something uh, that wasn't silly. So. I think there's actual stuff yeah, that doesn't so. belong to us in these. Oh, no. That, that, oh, these yeah. are ours, too. <laughs> what a oh, lip balm. I love it. Yeah, there's another sock. Okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, what I are, didn't know. What are we animals? <laughs> now these and um, lip balm and a pen. How lovely. These are kind of cool. Uh, these are actually one for each of you. Those are Ooh. air raid pennies from wow, uh, from awesome. Churchill's Worms. Those are real pennies. I think they're but they're they are dated from is it forty three. Yes, 1943. Yes. So those were in circulation during awesome. the dark days that is so of cool. war. Thank you, sir. Thank you very and much. And last but not least, because you like pins. And, I do like and, pins. And because it was two for one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <coughs> you were an after. There you go. Oh, this one. I Aww. love this. So a the, Spitfire. It's an actual. Is this a posy? It's a poppy. A poppy, poppy okay. Yeah, the poppy uh, in Britain. Oh, poppy pin badges. Yeah, the poppy is a very, very emotional Symbolic. Memorial Day symbol. Yes. Yeah, so that that's. Uh, well, the, I didn't know if you were going Black Plague on me or no, what. No, <laughs> so, no, no, no. Okay. Definitely a poppy. Uh, but yeah, Jason goes out of town, no. and then there's a new yeah. pox in town. So <laughs> well, I'm just checking. Monkey but pox. thank you. You know, you're very welcome. Aww. No, so, thank yeah. you, Jason. That is very, very, very. Some very of wrong. this was incredibly sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it. Was. I was going everywhere looking for for the perfect gift. And this I saw... is strawberry flavored, so very sweet. I th thank yes, you. Sir. Thank you very much. And it was actually they had like ten of those, so I had to narrow it down and pick which condoms uh, to get. There were several different. Uh, were there any slogans. specific reasons behind the choices that you made? <laughs> no, it was it was just a matter of taste and just where the. Uh, where <laughs> I just love that mine says "Want to see Big Ben" on it. <laughs> you feel free to regift it. Uh, you know, I just I have I don't have any bachelorette parties coming up soon, but my cousin's child's first birthday is soon. Well, there so, you and go. There you go. Hey, that is a traditional do you, gift. Do you want to prevent birthday. a third child? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't with this condom. Do not use. So okay, good to know. So happy well, Christmas to you. both. Oh, thank you. Happy Festivus for the rest yeah. of us. Thanks, All right. Well, Jason. this gives us a foundation and a baseline to work from when we go on vacation, so that we can. Yes, it's I was afraid the, right the, the bar might be a little too high, but I see it's perfectly manageable. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the, so the, the, bar, okay. the bar is... is Phew, we're good. Uh, and I think that's everything that I... Yeah, no more pictures. No more, so that was the audience travel segment. That, yes, that Woo! was the travel segment. So um, if you guys managed to get arrested, extra points. 
Um, if you, in Florida, oh god! If, if what is if you hit a civilian, it's uh, it, depending on their gender yeah. and their age, it could be up to a hundred points. If That's they're like in a wheelchair, the death, death race two thousand episode. Exactly. Yeah. Call back to your very first episode, Mr. Brown. Good times. Many, like many and years great old days. Three yeah. years ago. Three years ago. Jeez, God, was it three We've years? Been together mm-hmm. for three years. Three years. I've been traumatized for that long. There's no going back, hindsighters. <laughs> we reached the point of no return a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, at a certain point, yeah, you just have to barrel through. I just I just grit my teeth and think of England. That's life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher naked on a cold day. But uh, speaking of travel and all that fun stuff, uh, what is the movie that we're discussing tonight, guys? Uh, it is... Uh, we are doing a movie based on a book, which is always a recipe for greatness. For disaster. Um, it's a movie called The Beach from the year 2000. Yes. Uh, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Leo. Um, I like that pronunciation. Yeah. I think I'm going to stick to that in the future. Uh, it is. I, I hated this movie enough that <laughs> I actually. This, these aren't notes. These are just smart-ass things. The diatribe. I thought of so many smart-ass comments that, you know... Um, this is his case against yeah. the beach. <laughs> he prepared no, for court today. Self-indulgent, narcissistic twaddle. Uh, <laughs> a movie made for screaming adolescent girls who think they're deep. I mean, it's I've got a lot. Pertaining uh, yeah. particularly, <laughs> d- specifically to the movie, not yeah. the book, correct? Yeah, I'm not... I am, okay. I am making no statements about the book whatsoever. Well, uh, and that's interesting because uh, Danny Boyle was uh, the person who adapted the screenplay. Uh, and he's, you know, of train spotting fame, uh, a life less ordinary. And uh, Alex Garland, the actual writer of the book, did not help him adapt this, but helped him adapt uh, 28 Days Later. So they, they've worked together quite a bit. 28 Days Later is such a fucking awful movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. So apparently it's a trend when it comes to Jason yeah. and well, Danny Boyle well, movies. No, I mean, Lifeless Ordinary is really good. That's a great movie. Yeah, Lifeless Ordinary With uh, Cameron Diaz and Ewan McGregor. Train Spotting is the movie that... I've I, never actually seen it. I wish that I could remove everything I've ever heard about Train Spotting from my brain and just watch it. I haven't heard you know? enough that I think I could watch it and possibly form my own opinion it's about so, it, whether or not so it's good or bad. Yeah, it's so overhyped uh, that I, I could never be fair to it. The good thing is that I don't know anything about it. And so. I never saw the sequel, so... Yeah, I didn't even know there was a sequel until I was watching uh, Ewan McGregor doing one of those puppy interviews where he plays with puppies and tries to answer questions simultaneously. And he mentioned that there was a sequel to Train Spotting, and I was like, oh. So we can see your face. Oh, hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys forget what I look like? She's got yeah. lips. Well, I get yelled at for not talking into my mic enough, so <laughs> I have to make sure I'm Yes, yeah, right so I frequently yell. Yes. Hi, everybody. But yeah, so we're watching The Beach, and the synopsis of that, <laughs> I have two for comedic effect. The bad synopsis is uh, from Google is this. Young people seek nirvana on an island off the coast of Thailand only to discover it is not what it seems. Yeah, surprise, surprise, surprise. What a synopsis. The, the decent one is this. Richard, a young man, travels to Thailand and finds himself in possession of an odd map which is rumored to lead to an island paradise. Accompanied by a few friends, he sets out to find it. That's which that's the bare bones yeah. of the story. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> uh, I mean, that that really is. It's 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 a let's be honest. It's a movie that is two years after Titanic. Mm. Leo's got all the heat. 
Yes. This is the first big movie. He was in a Woody Allen. He made an appearance yeah. in a Woody Allen project, but this was the first movie he did after Titanic. Yeah, it was like really. two years. It was like a two-year break. Yeah, because... Um, uh, I mean... Why yeah, the, Titanic fuck, came why the out, fuck did he need to work again? Yeah, <laughs> Titanic came out in 97, but, I mean, he's one of the most renowned actors in the world these days and yeah. highly paid, too, so... And there's Framboise. Hello! <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it, the, the the most obvious they're gonna fuck like moment the, in history. Like uh, the Pele of... <laughs> I mean, the, the poor French dude she's with, really. Etienne. Etienne, yeah, which is such a lovely name, but it's it's French for Steve. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> So it's like at the end, <laughs> shut up, Steve. Like Jose, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. what up, Joe? Yeah, uh, makes God. me think of Entenmann's. Yeah, yeah, Entien. Okay, so uh, you have the three main characters, Richard. Uh, and the first main difference that has to be pointed out is that Richard in the book is English. In the movie, of course, he's American, and I feel the need to start quoting Eddie Izzard and <laughs> how Americans, you know. We run the movie industry, so everything's American or from the American point Except of view. Except the bad guys. Except the bad guys the who bad, are yeah. British, yeah. Uh, like in Star Wars, where the doors are going, Chicago. Well, but the bad guy in this movie is Lou Diamond Phillips, so. <laughs> so Shame on you. Uh, Shame on you. <laughs> Tell me it he, isn't Lou I, Diamond Phillips. I think he would find that funny. Actually, uh, he's, um, in my opinion, he was the best character in the entire movie. The and drug I, lord? I was totally on. He's a farmer. And he's he's, a drug farmer. He is sending farmer. money to his family. <laughs> Okay. That's true. He is. Yeah. Okay. We haven't gotten to it yet. So, um, but is Bangkok really like that, or did they, did they darken it up? They, because the, um, I know one night in Bangkok makes a hard man. That's humble. true. Yeah, that is true. I don't know. I've I asked Josh a bunch about this. I get my kicks this. above the way, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> I asked Josh a bunch about it, and I think he agrees with your assessment, Jason. The, the movie portrays Bangkok as a bit dirtier, and you know overly traveled than it really might be well apparently it was it was um it was considered blasphemous to have that to portray the statue of the buddha that close to a bar and they oh. were like that would not happen and you know um i didn't know that yeah, because that's that, that's a big no-no um I think it, it's it, the movie that close, like physically, or that close within the span, physically, the span of physically. time, like cutting. Oh, okay, like, like, physically. yeah, right next to it. Okay, I, it's it's ironic because I think the whole movie, which is sort of like about these westerners, like I want to see the real. I want to. I want authentic. I want to experience the great you know? unknown. Yeah, and, but because it's a, basically an American movie, we're just going to make Bangkok look shitty because westerners don't know what it looks like. So we're going to make it. We're going to pile crap on it and then make the beach look so much better. Right. Well, that yeah. you know I what mean, they the don't juxtaposition ha- is important, though, because the it beach is. is the paradise. It's what everybody wants to attain when they travel. And the book does a better job describing how, oh, yeah, everywhere. Thailand wasn't really that bad. It's just that the the parasitic ways of people, they go to Koh Samui and then Koh Samui sucks because everybody's overrun it and sucked it dry. And it's not as beautiful as it used to be. So they they go to the next island over and just continue to ruin everything. Even Daffy, the one of the quintessential characters who barely shows up in the movie, uh, he calls everybody parasites in the beginning. And Daffy's important because Richard lands on the Coson. He goes to the Coson Road in Bangkok, and he runs into Etienne and Francoise, who are having loud sex next to him. Uh, there's like a slew of rooms, and Daffy has one of the rooms. He's this Scottish guy, and he's talking about <laughs> he's talking about a beach, and uh, he just bangs on Richard's wall because they share a wall in the little uh, house that they're sharing. And 
he just starts describing the paradise of the beach and uh you know he's just telling richard like it you know it was the most beautiful place and uh, we ruined it and i was telling everybody that you have to leave you got to leave to make it better and uh, there were people there and they wouldn't leave. And so Daffy's left, but he seems kind of off his rocker. And even Richard says, hey, no offense. You're kind of fucked in the head, right? And Yeah, Daffy is. Yeah, Daffy certainly is. But I, so Richard can't take him too seriously. They're sharing a joint. And the next day uh, you find that Daffy has committed suicide, but he's left Richard a map with a guide mm. to how to get to this paradise of Which the beach. Which makes to the beach. No sense whatsoever. Oh, you know, uh, you, you've got to leave to make it better. You know, you're going to ruin this place. I'm going to kill myself. Here, go there. Why? Why does he want Richard to go there? Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of questions about that because it's fucked in the head. Yeah. I, yeah I, I mean, I guess that's it. He's, He's not making any logical sense. Well, well, and then, and good... then Richard just decides, I'm going to go ahead and copy the map. We'll get to that. Yeah. For no fucking reason. Well, we, we he need... sort of explains it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's more like we need an book, act but he three. Does, he does explain <laughs> it in the movie and the book, but uh, uh, there's so many differences and a lot of big key differences that really change not only what happens in the story, but a lot of heavy consequences change because of these like artistic changes that they made. Not even artistic, just some of the story changes that they yeah. made. Like, uh, and that's why my notes took a bit of a different shape than they normally do, because I broke it down between the different characters of Daffy, who, uh, in the book, he makes, he's such a bigger character in the book, even though he's never actually there past the first time you see him. So you see him in his first interaction with Richard, and this is important, because in the book, the book is so well written, it's, it's, especially since it was Alex Garland's first book, it was just an accomplishment that, you know, most writers just dream of. But Daffy appears that one time, and then every other time Daffy makes an appearance in the book, it's in Richard's head, whether right. it's in his okay. dreams. So it starts out as Richard's subconscious dreams about Daffy because he's kind of scarred by Daffy's suicide and coming upon his dead body. Yeah, that'll do it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's shocking. Uh, but then, so he sees Daffy in his dreams on a regular basis, but then he starts sneaking into Richard's conscious mind and Richard starts hallucinating Daffy and actually interacting with him in his hallucinations. And the book is so well written that the reader almost doesn't notice that, that Daffy's such a fixture that they're like, oh, wait, this guy's kind of losing his fucking mind. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, yeah, because the character of Richard does go insane but in it's, both cases it, yeah, yeah. And, and in the movie though it's very much like somebody just flips a switch to crazy and then flips the switch back to sane again well you and i were talking about this off camera so i think the important question is what really puts richard over the edge and in the movie i think it's a very clear message so sal who's the unofficial leader of the beach once they do find it she banishes richard uh to what they call the hill so that he, because he does make a copy of the map, like you said, before they get to the beach, Jason, uh, yeah. for these guys, Zeph and Sammy. And he kind of does it in the book because he's like, well, we are just trusting this kind of crackhead who left us a map. And what if we get lost or hurt or something? At least somebody will know where we are. Whereas in the movie, he's just like, oh, I was shit scared of the great unknown. So I left him a map. And yeah. that was the reasoning behind it. But Sal banishes Richard once she finds out that, A, he made 
well, he told these two new guys about the beach paradise and he made a map and he lied about making the map. So Sal is pissed enough to banish him to like do observance detail where he's got to keep an eye out for the guys for when they actually come to the island because they park on an island next to it and Richard just has to sit there waiting for them. Yeah. And... uh, yeah, so Sal, I think... Sal, played by Tilda Swinton. Oh, my God. Uh, and, and she has a very um, odd way of, of punishing him because she sort of makes it like when when they go on the rice run, because they are obviously they're on a beach, they're, they, you know, they're, they're in this you know, perfect nirvana except for the fact that they've got to buy shit all the time. Not all the time, um, but keep going with your Well, thoughts. I mean, you know, this, oh, the rice... You know the the rice got in. You know uh, it a gets fun, a fungus, a fungus in yeah. it. So you know, oh my god, how many times is this going to happen? You know, well, which, and they even uh, say that somebody was like, God again, or something yeah. to that effect. It's like a, a clever dick would probably figure out a way of keeping the rice from getting the fungus. But that's just me. Well, it is um, Thailand, isn't it? A very humid country. Like that's it's wet, and you don't have yeah. like indoor proper storage for it, so it's tough and, to keep it dry. And they, and they are on a fucking beach, which you know, to me, as somebody who doesn't really like the beach that much, it's like, oh, let's go to this paradise, and it's like, well, wait. There's no toilets, there's no showers, I'm on the fucking beach, there's sand everywhere. Yeah, when you think about it, even in the book, it's like, okay. I get it that there's a lot of pot, but, you know, there are other places you can get a lot. How much pot can you smoke? To make it that <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, like you said, there's no indoor plumbing, there's no, no. air conditioning, <laughs> there's, there's none of the, like, what everybody, just basic luxuries that we're all accustomed to. <laughs> I, I enjoy my current domicile, thank you very much. Yes, exactly, yeah. yes. Well, and as I much do. as you yeah. hate the show, Jason, Sheldon's got a great quote about this on the Big Bang Theory, where it's like, oh yeah, everybody likes going to the great outdoors, Sheldon. Well, then why has mankind spent the last several yeah. thousand years perfecting the indoors? Yeah, I'm that, badly that paraphrasing, but absolutely that's... Absolutely <laughs> true, yes. He's like, no, I don't want to go outside, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, going outside's great and all, and, you know, living in nature, whatever, sounds great until you know the reality until of the mosquitoes come. yeah the mosquitoes oh, uh, sharks uh, yeah, oh, which sharks. how was that Ugh. how was this the first time anyone's ever been killed by a shark you know you, this is they encounter them a lot but they they don't acknowledge it much in the movie uh because richard asks about that in the book when they get to the lagoon because for those of you who aren't familiar with the book or the movie hindsighters the the beach is on this island that the the beach goers share with drug farmers the drug farmers actually came to the island after the beachgoers but they kind of share the island peacefully as long as the beachers don't go over to the drug side like and they don't invite any more people now that was not really a strict agreement in the book but they they really punch it hard in the movie like as if the drug dealers are like hey or drug farmers are saying hey no more people no matter what or they're going to be violent consequences yeah and i kept wondering like what are the drug dealers farmers what do they get out of this deal? Because <laughs> it's like, you know, we have this illegal crop. We don't crop. tell on you. And also, by the way, in Thailand, I believe I'm correct on this. I know this is the case in the Philippines, but in, uh, so I'm pretty sure it's the same way in Thailand. If you get caught with drugs. Oh, it's an incredibly. It's like a fucking death sentence. They it will is. kill your fucking ass. Well, to that end, toward the end of the book, uh, a character who's much more minor, I think her name is Cassie. She gets uh, uh, busted smuggling at the end and Richard sees her parents on the news, like just beseeching the Thai government to release her and be like, hey, we'll take custody of her. Sorry, like send her back to us. And he was like, no, nah, she'll be dead in two weeks. Yeah. Because it's a huge deal. Yeah. They will kill uh, your ass. And uh, so, so if you're a drug farmer, 
I mean, you're thinking, okay, well, they, wait, the wait. beachers don't tell on you and give away your location, so it's mutually beneficial for true, everybody to true. keep the island a secret. Them. Or I could kill them. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, the and, you know, the problem though is that the beach is not a secret. Everybody treats it like it's this massive secret, which is a, it's a really well kept one, considering there are only about twenty people there, uh, twenty to thirty people. In all the world, because there are people from Sweden, there are people from England, America, yeah. France, they're from all over the world. So I'd say that's a pretty well-kept secret, considering. It is, it is. And the drug dealers, farmers, uh, actually, they don't quibble as long as there's not just a massive influx of people they're there very to reason, very reasonable. Yeah, they're you know, just, sending, they're just trying know, to make a living. Yeah. Yeah, send some money Illegal home to their living. families. Illegal living. Uh, but yeah. And then Google Earth was invented. Yeah, and right. The whole thing <laughs> fell apart. Yeah, this is 1999. Yeah. Aren't they going to be crushed oh, okay. in the next couple of years uh, with this technology? I was going to ask you that. Okay, when? Okay, the movie yeah. versus the book. What year do the events that we see take place in the book versus in the movie? Because are they different? They're not hard and fast defined. So, like the way from context in the book, I figure that Richard. He was born in 76, so you know that. Same year as Leo DiCaprio, so that's actually part of the like IMDb trivia of the movie. 74. So, 74? Okay, sorry. I think that's, yeah, I can May, be wrong. I can look it up. Yeah. But, it doesn't um, matter. Uh, either way, the born in the 70s, so the thing is, Richard's really into video games and Vietnam. Those are like two of his main hobbies in the book, and that doesn't really come up much in either case in no. the movie and that's actually kind of important because if you understood Richard's mindset of how much video games have shaped it a lot of the like little one-off bits in the movie would make more sense for instance like all Keedy does in the movie is like throw a comment at Richard saying like oh look at your thumbs mate the world are fine you play a lot of video yeah, which, games which by the it. way you can so tell that this book was written by somebody who's never played a video game or known anyone who has because our thumbs are basically the same as yours yeah and, <laughs> and I play a lot of video games but in the in the book Kitty is also a gamer he has a, a nintendo game boy that he and richard share on yeah. a regular basis because they're both obsessed with video games and there's a character that <laughs> he should totally, have had the virtual boy there's a character that's totally left out of the movie his name is jed and he's important because there are all these different details on the island there's gardening fishing carpentry cooking like laundry and then human jed, resources yes uh uh, and Jed is the one who does like observation IT. detail. <laughs> it's the professor from Gilligan's Island. Have you tried turning the coconut on and off again? <laughs> the coconut radio. Um, but yeah, Jed is the observation detail because they do occasionally have people, despite the well kept secret, people come to the beach because word spreads. But and Jed keeps an eye on that. So even when Richard and uh, Francoise and Etienne first show up, Jed's Hello. the one. Who, Jed, see, <laughs> Jed sees them and he's like, all right, I've got to bring you to Sal. You have to talk to her. She's like the leader. But uh, the video game. So Jed walks through the forest really quietly. And Richard's like, oh, and he walks you through this line of thinking in the book, which is really helpful. He you hear him sort of thinking where he's like, oh, Jed walks with his heel down first and then presses his foot down slowly, as opposed to like in cartoons where we tiptoe like on Scooby Doo. So I started doing that, and I made it a game in my head to where I had to walk as silently as possible. Uh, if I, like, cracked a twig or something, I lost a life. And I gave myself three lives, like in Mario. If I saw, or if an animal saw me before I saw it, I lost a life. And you understand the parameters of his lines of thinking a lot more clearly. Whereas in the movie, Leo just falls off a metaphorical <laughs> cliff and goes yeah. fucking batshit insane yeah. for no reason. And then he's just running through the jungle, and he looks like, he looks like 
like Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, ba- yeah banjo. that's what it was yeah, based on. Yeah, and, and it's so silly in the movie. And you can tell in the book it wasn't silly, but in the movie it comes across so ridiculous. It was well, silly. You know? There's even another instance where he's trying to make the perfect footprint. He's like, I'm, I was walking along the shore, and if you go too deep toward the water, like, you know, your footprint gets ruined right away. If you're too up in the dry sand, then, you know, it's just powder and it crumbles. You got to find that perfect middle ground. And so he's always playing some sort of game to occupy his mind because that's. You know, somebody who's used to video games and lights and distractions the way most people in civilization are, you see how a person like that adapts to the quiet of living in an environment like the beach where yeah. there's not all this distraction all the time. Yeah. I kind of wanted so Les Stroud to show up and just be filming a Survivor <laughs> Man episode. David Attenborough. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it is. Uh, I did want to mention uh, the name of the character who who made the thumbs comment. Kitty. Kitty. Played by, and his name is either... Paterson or Patterson Joseph. I don't okay. know how you how he pronounces his first name, but it was so interesting seeing him in this movie because I've seen him a, a thousand times, but it's always been in a comedic role. He's and, not even like listed as the main people. He's not even on the. Oh, that's a shame. Well, that's weird. Yeah, uh, he yeah. he uh, he's done a lot of work with Mitchell and Webb, uh, 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 Robert Webb and David Mitchell. Different, mm-hmm. no relation. Um, uh, he was in uh, Peep Show, uh, and so it was really cool seeing. Because I love it when you see a really good comedic actor um, in a dramatic role, and they nail it. And you just think oh, comedic actors are really the best actors in the world. Well, I mean, you know? case in point, uh, who was it? Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, started. That was out always as, a yeah, serious always actor, a serious and then guy, they, yeah. he was discovered for his comedy later on down yeah. the road. Yeah, or I mean uh, Jerry Lewis, you know the, yeah. the the movie that you know no one has ever seen. Um, oh God, I, I mean, and no one can name. No, the the one about the clown in the uh, concentration camp. Um, oh, uh, cut! No, now I can't think of it either. See, yeah, I gotta I, look yeah, it up. Um, I know exactly what you're but, talking about. But it's about, that though. thing where it's like you think Jerry Lewis, you know, he's a comedic actor, and then you, you know. Something like that, where it's literally just overwhelming, and you know. Um, but anyway, anyway, it was it was very cool to see him in this movie. Um, I'm trying to think of other actors that Tilda Swinton. Obviously, we know Tilda Swinton; she's been in so much, very well known. Um, yeah, yeah. There aren't any other really big headlining kind of names in this movie. No, um, the day the clown cried. That's it. The that's day the, the clown movie. Cried, yeah. 1972 Swedish French drama. Yeah. But yeah, you've got the other actors, and so it's... well, Francois, she's played by uh, something Le Doyen. Um, I'll find it in my. Where do they notes. find these people? Well, she is. I don't know what she was doing before, but I know that she. She's, <laughs> what, what? Her first name is interesting. Is it? Oh, Virginie. Yeah, yeah. Virginie. Virginie Le Doyen. And um, then Etienne is Guillaume Canet. Yeah, and I don't know him. Canet. But I know that she's done a lot of stuff in France. Um, so she, she's so is he. I was actually yeah. looking him up. I couldn't name the projects because I haven't seen most of them. But yeah. they, they're both like successful working yeah. actors. Yeah, and you can tell they're both really, really talented. And Leo, it's it's so interesting because for me, this movie, and we need to take a break soon. Okay. Um, but I think this is sort of a transition movie for Leo because. Before this, it was young heartthrob Leo. Well, and it was like Gilbert Grape and like his heartthrob teeny bopper television Titanic, shows that he yeah. was on, and then Titanic. Titanic yeah. yeah. When was the Man in the Iron Mask? Oh, uh, that was 90... like that wasn't much longer. Uh, early. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm like gonna guess one. and I'm gonna guess it ninety six. Okay. I want to see how wrong I am. 
Um, 98. 98. Yeah. All right. That was close. Um, but uh, So then wait. No, then that fact I shared from IMDb can't be right because Titanic came out in 97. And then, mm-hmm. no, well, he wouldn't have skipped two years of doing a movie because this came out, Beach came out in 2000. Unless, unless he filmed Man in the Iron Mask first. And they oh, just held, because and they it came out it. in 98. Yeah. yeah that, they they might have held it up. Good point. Um, but, but make your point but, yeah, about Yeah, but it, it's sort of a transition role for him because he's going from the young heartthrob actor to the really incredibly talented actor that we think of today. And, and he is. Because he had a ton of stuff under his belt already, like the Basketball yeah. Diaries. And he had done other movies, but you're right. This was a Romeo hard left. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. This was a hard left, style-wise. And uh, it would have fit, I think, uh, the actor that Danny Boyle wanted to play the part. Do either of you know who that was? I'm going to... I'm going to go out on a limb since it's Danny Boyle, and I think you're setting me up, and I think it's Ewan McGregor. Yes, it yeah, is. Of course it is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it sounds like that was a bit of a rift between the two of them because it sounded like Ewan McGregor felt a little betrayed afterwards because the studio, I think, went ahead with Leo because he had the juice. And yeah. then, uh, so I don't think Ewan and Danny talked for a really long time afterward, and even he said something like in an interview saying he felt betrayed by that. Well, I was, movie- was going to guess Peter Boyle, but I didn't think that was a good <laughs> Yeah, Peter Boyle. <laughs> Willem Dafoe. He would have done so well in this. Uh, yeah, so on that bombshell of a note, let's take a quick break. All right. We will be back in about one second. And we're back. Hi. Hey, hello. <laughs> hello, monkey. Hello, uh, monkey. Hola, mono. We're now Aww. in a marijuana field. Yes. He's not as cute as Munch. No. God, no. no nobody's no. as cute as Munch. Munch. Munch is our new official mascot. Yes, he's he's our little bunny friend. You, you know, you're going to have to put some pictures on Instagram so that people know. Oh, yeah. I'll, I will share Munch on our Instagram account. For not sure. literally share Munch. I will share pictures okay, yeah, of photos. our bunny friend yeah. whom I named Munch because he's this little bunny that sits outside of mine and Jason's office and he just... His little mouth is constantly he's going. He's chewing shoes. on seeds and such, and so I named him Munch. By the way, I actually watch, rewatching this this scene where they've gotten to the island and discovered the uh, the marijuana fields. The I farmers. Am, <laughs> I, I am actually actively now rooting for the farmers. <laughs> well, not against these three. I kind of like Francois and Etienne. Uh, Richard's- Francois okay. Etienne, well, uh, that's the thing. Etienne's such a pussy. He's so, a putz. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. not nice. He's he's a good guy. Like, he, he doesn't want to fight or cause waves for anybody. Like it, He would not be a top gun. Leave it <laughs> no, at that. no. He'd he be a bottom gun. He doesn't he's belong no in hangman. the danger zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Etienne is actually... keep talking. i got to adjust my camera. All right, okay. go, go adjust your camera. I think we need to pause for a moment because it is timely to say that we went on a business trip last weekend and saw the sequel. Yes, to we did. And, and it was better than I would have expected it to be. We recommend it to every, every listener. All three of you out there, go see Top Gun. If you like, uh, you know, Tiny Tom Cruise oh. and you like mustaches and uh, Jason's <laughs> and girl beards. is in it, <laughs> Jessica Connolly. Jennifer. Jennifer Connolly. What Jennifer did I did Connelly. I say Jessica? I'm Jessica. sorry. And that's Jessica Jennifer Connolly. Jennifer Connolly. Yeah. Uh, she uh, she gets tagged by Tiny Tom Cruise. Though. Oh, we don't know that for sure. And, and yes, we do. And there is a, there's a reason that that I actually liked the, that that whole how they they did that because I was expecting blue jean sex. <laughs> Because it's it's Top Gun, you know. In the eighties, that's how you. I, when I was a kid, it's I just not thought, the eighties anymore, though. Uh, I, well, and I learned that in the, watching this movie. They pick it up thirty four years later. I, I actually like the way. Now we're talking about a much better movie now. Um, <laughs> I actually really liked the way in that they did the relationship between Maverick and Penny. Yeah. Because it was very much like 
So Jennifer Connelly, yeah. Yeah, because it's it's very much like, okay, this is sort of how it would work in an idealized two grown people who one's got a kid now, the other one, but they do like each other. And he keeps like going off on a mission and like she can never rely on him ever. But then he's finally back. Yeah. And it looks it, like they might finally get together. It, yeah, it was. It was. Do they? Tune in and find out. No spoilers. Yeah, we, no. God knows we've never spoiled anything <laughs> on this show. Not new movie. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But yeah, so it's actually a, a, it was a fun, very cool movie. I would say it was better than the first one because rewatching the first one, it's so cheesy and kind of silly. I think the the second one is more substantial. How I, about that? You know, I, I actually kind of have that thought myself. I'm yeah. kind of inclined and it's heresy, I know, but I kind of feel like it was better. There's a better storyline. Like the yeah. first one, there's not much of a plot. Well, like, the, the first one is all Top Gun. Right. Yeah. You know, it's literally the school. Yes. And, and then the stuff with Goose. And, and I kind of liked how the, the sort of inflection point of this wasn't, you know, nobody, nobody died. I mean, okay, well, let's. Let's move on. Let's yes. move on. <laughs> but go see it if you haven't yet, Hindsiders. It. it was actually really good. Uh, we went on an adventure together and saw it as a group. So that was cool. Uh, and I will see it again. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. But yeah. no, but first, we've got to see Bob's Burgers. Oh, yes. All I'll right. see Bob's Burgers before I see T. Adam tried to get G. out of watching it with us, and that's just not going to happen. He's literally <laughs> fleeing the country. I am leaving the United States to avoid Bob's Burgers, but they're waiting for me to come back. No, nope. yeah, he's going to, oh, I lost my passport. I can't come home. <laughs> We're going to sit on either side of you in the theater so you can't escape. We will go to Costa Rica and drag my ass yeah. back. That is where you're going, right? Because I'd hate to book that flight. What was the original? What was it the is. original reason you went to Costa Rica? Dinosaurs, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I like dinosaurs, I, and I like monos, little monkeys, monos, you know, howlers. Yeah, there was no drug monkey in the book. No. I can tell you. No. So the farmers do have a uh, an alert monkey <laughs> for when people roam into their fields. I guess so, again, they're my favorite characters. Hey, they're the most practical. Yeah. But uh, so the threesome makes it to the beach uh they they get you know the shit scared out of them when they discover that this paradise of an island is in fact you know a huge uh <laughs> drug farm and they get chased by men with guns and that's kate incredibly... moss's delicatessen what kate moss's delicatessen it's what the guys on Grand Tour called Columbia. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm whoosh, missed whatever joke that was. But uh, so they do make it to the beach. Richard, Etienne, and Francoise make it. They jump off this waterfall. And that's another difference, a big difference from uh, the book is that Richard's actually the first one to go off the edge of the waterfall because he he just gets in sort of like a fuck it. We, we'd been chased by drug farmers. We, we've gone through all of this. Fuck it. So he goes off the edge of the waterfall, not knowing how deep or shallow the water might be. And it's a big deal. Uh, and Francois stays at the top with Etienne because he is a little soft, like you guys were saying, and it takes him some coaxing to jump off the waterfall. But, of course, in the movie, they have to give the girl the badass moment where she's just like, we can jump, and she yeah. just jumps off the girl waterfall. Girl power! Yay! Yeah. Well, that, was the, that was kind of the pivot point, yeah. you know, to pivot. when women... Now rule the world. It, it uh, when they just it, now, huh? Yeah, <laughs> from a sort of like a, a set decorating or, or production design standpoint, it is interesting. Like they they have built a beach resort. Yeah, like the structure they live in is is this very very nice 
well made. Very. Yeah, yeah they um, have an on-island carpenter. Uh, <laughs> got one guy, yeah. Well, they they have a detail. So Bugs teaches people how to, you know, uh, help build things too. So it's not just him building all this by himself, but. Uh, so one thing to point out is some of the relationships and dynamics that we have on the beach, which Sal, so Tilda Swinton is the unofficial leader, and uh, her boyfriend Bugs, and then you have Daffy, who was the Scottish guy that Richard ran into on the Coastline Road, and they're all obviously, you know, Looney Tunes nicknames that they have. Uh, her name is short for Sylvester, like the cat. Oh, I did so, not know that. Yeah, they're all Looney Tunes. Uh, Got it. Bugs is a dick. Uh, that's important to note, but that's, that's Sal's boy, Sal's boyfriend. Yeah. The carpenter. And, uh, I would say that they kept his character consistent between book and movie because, but there's not as much just outright contention between him and Richard in the, in the book. Richard's just like, I don't know. He rubs me the wrong way. He's just kind of a condescending dick, you know? And bugs is just that, like they point that out pretty aggressively in the movie where bugs is just literally talking down to Richard from a perch where he's hammering on something and he's like Richard can you even do this every man should have a talent in his hands and he's just putting Richard down for not being more you know outdoorsy and butch I guess but yeah, he's kind of a dick no oh, no he's definitely a dick but we get to the beach <laughs> well, he is he's a cuck he's I thought he was a kiwi <laughs> very good he was a kiwi cuck anyway uh, we get to the Moby moment because that's the song that's yeah, playing right oh, now. Yeah, Moby yeah. music. Are yeah, you yeah. Moby? <laughs> oh, and also, did you notice that the uh, one of the mountains in that shot was a computer-generated mountain? I All did of not it is, notice. Uh, because there's not, there aren't any mountains on the actual beach that oh, I thought th I thought it was like partial, and then they, they closed it up. Um, they said in the IMDb My notes, um, because I actually asked Josh, he's been to this beach in real life in Kosamui. He's Kosamui. been to that beach? <laughs> he has. Damn, Josh. Um, he, he's been to Kosamui, uh, and so... I asked him when we first rewatched this, I was because he'd never seen it before, but I was like, hey, I need you to pay attention. Look up from your video game. Is it really this beautiful or did they just generate that? He goes, no, it's actually that freaking brethtaking. But it's is it like really beach. crowded? No. no, because it's it's a national park. Oh. Well, just like they say in the movie, yeah, and there the, are lots of problems. Tell the ladies and gentlemen why it's a national park now. Okay, so, and this is a bit long-winded, so hang in there. I'll try to shorten it up. But basically, the island was initially chosen by location scouts from Fox Studios, not because of its astounding natural beauty, but because of its potential for landscaping redevelopment. Uh, so, like, the script called for a clearing on the beach large enough to play football, or as us Americans say, soccer. So they bulldozed, like, a large... Uh, portion of it including like native trees and vegetation uh they planted a hundred non-native palm trees just oh, to gosh. get the aesthetic of it right and you know that introduces an exotic species to the island uh that could take over and effectively change uh the habitat forever but the big issue there was also like while the whole thing was uh, it was an eyesore for the locals, so that's a problem. And the real damage didn't come, though, until the filmmakers left the island. The usual seasonal storms hit the beach, but this time the sand dunes didn't have the protection of their natural vegetation, so they collapsed immediately and washed out to sea, which damaged a bunch of the fragile coral reef on the way out. All because of this damn movie? Yeah, and environmentalists were pissed. Uh, they accused the filmmakers of bribing the Thai government to get around legal requirements. Uh, so, As they do. Like, the National Park Act, uh, it was specifically designed to prevent this exact kind of thing from happening. Allegedly, Fox donated the equivalent of 100 grand to the Royal Forestry Development in Thailand, 
uh, where the normal fee for filming on the island is like less than 1% of that. Afterwards, they were allowed pretty much the freedom to remodel however they Pride. chose Draft. as soon as the money <laughs> changed hands. Yeah, so exactly. people were super pissed. And environmentalists responded by taking legal action against Fox. Wow. Um, the local coordinator uh, and the Thai government officials, like seven years later, the court penalized the film company for unnecessary ecological destruction, ordered them to repair all environmental damage to Maya Beach, which is much more than just planting a few trees. They were expected to rebuild the marine life population that was wiped out. Yeah, because they, 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 yeah, they mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it, taking out a reef in that neck of the wood uh, of the world to make a movie—it's pretty low. Yeah, yeah you know, it's, and it's not like the movie made any fucking money. No, especially. Oh, you'd be surprised with the uh, budget for it. But uh, to get back to the point a second ago, so the actual beach is not totally surrounded and enclosed by mountains, hiding it from the sea. In fact, there is a large gap between two gigantic boulders, and the films ed- the editors of the film superimposed a fake mountain in po- post production. Okay. okay, but uh, All right. so do you know what the budget was for this movie? Fifty million. Well, twenty of it went to Leo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was 50? Yes, it was 50. Uh, Which it is may... nothing to shake a stick at, considering no, they don't no. have, like, choppers and a bunch of crazy, you know, technology or machinery going on. It's a lot of people. They had to build, like, the huts and stuff, like the actual resort itself, I'm assuming, the sets. Yeah, but that is true. I mean, 30 mil. 30 mil is high for what you get out of this movie. Yeah, that is true. Uh, that, well, but you don't know, like, you know, does that does that include the marketing costs? Does that include the travel yeah, for the crew? Like and because yeah. Yeah, apparently at some point there was like a, a, a pretty bad boat crash, including Danny Boyle and Leo DiCaprio. Nobody got injured, but it was a pretty <laughs> severe thing. It's in it's like it shots like this with the three uh, Swedes, and they uh, oh, who are actually from like Finland, I think. But uh, one of them, yeah, one, the one yeah. who plays Carl, is from Finland, and he actually speaks with a Finnish accent. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really just they. They all of a sudden will have this like sort of Wes Anderson-y kind of shot that yeah. doesn't fit with the rest of the movie and doesn't work. I, I well, the Swedes. I'd like are, to have seen Wes Anderson make this movie. The Swedes are another <laughs> that piece that was just not included to the proportion that it should have been, uh, because it, it, one of the reviews on the jacket of the copy of the book that I have by Alex Garland, The Beach, uh, is that it's basically Lord of the Flies for Generation X. Ah, okay, that makes sense. It does because it it. It fleshes out more of the characters, which yeah, every book does, but the point of it is that, like, it's the lack of morals and the fact that in order to, you know, preserve this perfect little paradise that they have, they're willing to make these horrendous sacrifices even when it comes to the other beachers. Yeah. They literally commit murder to protect their secret. It, and it's even worse in yeah. the book. So, like, the Swedes are a huge piece of that puzzle. Meaning, and like Carl, the one uh, who talks, the only one who speaks like decent English of the three Swedes, you have Carl, Sten, and uh, Christo. So they, and in the book, it makes more sense because in the lagoon, they have like little reef sharks, and Richard even gets sort of sort of attacked by one in the book it's not nearly as dramatic but uh richard kills one during uh like a rainy week where they have a really hard time fishing and he's kind of the hero of the camp because he feeds everybody with like a five foot shark and that's pretty Mm -hmm. cool Mm -hmm. and he makes a much bigger deal about killing it they should invest in a net 
<laughs> you would think that they Cause, could because you know you can even if it's raining you can still fish with a net you yeah. can yeah. they spear fish yeah. uh so yeah they they sort of tie their hands yeah with when that. you go back get me a fucking rod and reel yes uh <laughs> well know? the swedes in the book they actually fish out in the open ocean because uh to do the rice run and get the supplies on occasion they do actually have a functioning boat that they take back to Copenhagen. and uh so the swedes actually use the boat on an everyday basis and go out into the open water and they get attacked by a much larger shark. And uh, that happens book and movie alike. And it's much more, it's so sad and like more traumatic in the book because uh, Carl is the only one who survives. Uh, so you come back with Christo, Sven, or Sten, excuse me, dies immediately because he has the worst wounds. He gets bitten uh, along his side and like a huge hunk of his leg gets taken off by mm. the shark. So he dies right away. Christo's leg gets uh, severely injured, and then he, just like in the movie, he sits there suffering while he gets, like, gangrene and gets an infection, and he's got internal bleeding, and so Richard, spoiler alert, eventually has to put him out of his misery. And Carl actually goes insane, so in the movie, they just forget about him after he's translating, because... And this is something that's really different in the movie, too. They're so strict about not letting anybody go back to the mainland under any circumstances. You could have a, you know, a tooth that's rotting in your mouth. They won't let you go back to see a dentist. They would... They sort fuck of can, this place. Fuck yeah, these people. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. I like my living room better. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> With a remote control. I'm going to go sit on my toilet and I'm going to use my phone to turn the air conditioner down. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody uh, can do that, Jason. It's but all about weed, the great man. unknown. Yeah, yeah, guys, I've got good. bad news for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all a bunch of 20 somethings trying to experience something new and pure, yeah. the likes of which nobody else has experienced. And so. all the guns are mine. <laughs> yeah. My house you know. is awesome. <laughs> well, you have guns because none of the beachers have proper weapons. The right. only people with guns on the island are the farmers. So yeah. Now, I'm I'm curious if they did a deleted scene where they showed how Fran- Francois keeps her hair so good. Um, All the women, like, because <laughs> let's be honest. I mean, look at Leo's hair. What is he using? Coconut stuff? To, I mean, well, they you know, do. They uh, show yeah. that on the rice run because everybody's giving him like their grocery list. Yeah. Where one of them's like, "I need makeup remover. I need uh, lip balm. I need this balm. I need lotion. I need that." So they all have. Not supplies. one of them said preparation edge. <laughs> they mentioned condoms and like tampons yeah, so it's like pretty necessary <laughs> it's like peter griffin on the, on the they <laughs> they have condoms that actually work on the beach uh, yeah, <laughs> unlike this that i've got my uh, virgin atlantic bag. does in no way endorse uh these condoms by the way i just want to be very clear on that oh, hence the name virgin yeah atlantic yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But yeah, so I don't remember in the book there being this severe of a rule because they didn't have the person with like the the toothache. He's suffering and his tooth is rotting and Sal won't let him go see a dentist. And the thing is, in the book, when Christo's leg is rotting and, you know, he needs to see a doctor there, they kind of won't let him go back because they're afraid in his delirium he's going to tell about the beach. So that I understood a little bit better. But uh, they gave them they give him the option. They're like, yes, you can go to the mainland. You can go to the beach or go off the beach and get help. But you can't tell anybody where this happened. And he's like, no, I won't go near the water. I'm scared because he got attacked by a shark. Yeah, which is. Okay. It's like, dude, they're going to take you in a boat. Yeah. <laughs> You're not swimming back to well, Copenhagen. Well, and also, it's perfectly understandable that you might, at some point in your life, deal with somebody who suffered some kind of an injury and is being totally whacked out. That happens. Yeah. In scuba training, they train you on what to do when somebody's having something, and they they actually teach you how to get behind somebody 
and grab them and like inflate. It's it's a thing. You don't just let the guy go. Oh, you don't want to go to the water. Well, okay. I guess that's I guess. your choice. But but the 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 moment when they determine that their secret is so important that they're going to let him die because at a certain point he can't fight back. He's too sick. They're, he can't tell. He can't stop them from putting him on a boat going to a doctor. So they've now made the decision. We're not going to take him. Well, they basically do the bare minimum. They're like they're almost like kids, like in Lord of the Flies. They're like, well, he yeah. said no, so it's not on us. And it, there's this horrible scene, and this happens in the book too, where Car- uh, Christo, excuse me, becomes too much of a burden because he's groaning in pain, and yeah, just because he's them, complaining, you hear them, and <laughs> like his leg is literally slit open, and yeah. he's dying, and they're just like, God, Christo, please. Oh my God, would you totally stop whining about your leg? Yeah, they're oh irritated with him, and so they banish him and put him out in a tent on his own in the jungle so they can't hear him moaning in absolute pain yeah and And atn is consistent book to movie that way because he's like you guys are monsters you can't do this to him and he's the one in the book who like campaigns to really take christo back and get him medical treatment but the problem with that is that richard starts going off the deep end more subtly but he does it a lot earlier when they hit the island and so uh he almost becomes sal's kind of cleaner like almost her right hand man for dirty deeds and he doesn't even realize that's happening because sal is much better and more subtle at manipulation in the book as opposed to this whole oh hey richard you saw us just yank that guy's tooth out how do you feel about that and he's like no problem over here boss and she goes good answer and then she how did she get in charge she's horrible yeah and uh, the the rice run, that's a huge difference, too, because Jed, the non-existent character in the movie, is the one who actually goes on the rice one run with Richard, and Richard volunteers. Do he they doesn't... fuck? No. no. <laughs> uh, so Sal strong arms Richard into going on the rice run with her. They have sex, which is important because not only is she with bugs, in the movie... Richard and Francoise end up together, which does not happen in the book whatsoever. Oh, really? No, nothing. Like, there's definitely sexual tension, like, and he's, like, mooning after her the entire time they're on the beach. Like, he's definitely... underwater is not fun. Yeah, yeah. I've tried it once. And I'm expecting, like, (laughs) my heart... That's all it took, huh? Well, at least this time he's not hanging onto a door in cold-ass water. Yeah. So he's got that going I think Francoise would let him share the door, unlike Kate Winslet, you know? Yeah, yeah, Kate. (laughs) God, man. He won't answer that question in interviews. Have you ever seen that? No. Uh, people are like, oh, so points of contention in famous movies. Leo, do you think Jack would have fit on the door? And he's like, I've got nothing to say. <laughs> he doesn't want to wreck anything, I guess. But he I don't care if question. I was. Uh, yeah, uh, my ass is on that door. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, for real. You've uh, already been on top of her once. Just do it again. <laughs> Center your gravity. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a little awkward when the man from the uh, from the Times comes by and takes your picture before they rescue you. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the Daily Mail photographer. But uh to go back to that point about Francoise and Richard, no, they never wind up together in any capacity in the book. It's much more like stolen glances on his part and just like being totally obsessed with her the entire time. There's two different instances. One when he when they first show up to the beach, Richard he gets lightheaded and then he gets a fever for a few days, so he kind of misses out on the initiation. And he either dreams, he's not sure if he dreams it, he thinks that Francoise kisses him while he's sick. And then later, and they skip this too, because this was a big turning point for the uh, the vibe at the camp. So Kitty 
He's been wanting to be on fishing detail. He's in gardening, and he finally begs enough to get on the fishing detail, and he accidentally spears a dead squid and gets uh, everybody sick with food poisoning in the camp. And it causes this huge rift between two big groups of the camp, and all this contention happens. Ooh, do they form alliances? <laughs> they, <laughs> the tail people and the wing people. When does the guy in the cargo shorts show up? And, and... Yeah, exactly. But that's when Bugs and Richard really get their... Uh, tension out with each other in the book and it's a huge thing and Kitty's kind of ostracized because you know he's to blame for the food poisoning but Richard sneaks a kiss off Francoise when she's got a fever and Etienne sees it but they don't like Wait, she got food poisoning? out they all got food poisoning. So he sneaks a kiss when she's got like diarrhea. She, no, she's got like a fever and she's like <laughs> she's quasi delirious a yeah bit. she's oh. delirious and so he kisses her and Etienne sees it. And then later, ATN kind of confronts him, but then he's... He immediately he, folds and surrenders. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> sorry, like sorry. No, sorry. you're not wrong, because he's like... Because he wants to believe in Richard, because, you know, he was like, okay, this guy, you know, volunteered the map and brought us to this crazy, awesome place. And he's like, you know what? Sorry, Richard, you're right. We we are in this together, the three of us. I'm, I'm sure it didn't mean anything, but... And then toward the end, when they're uh, Richard really realizes how off the fucking rails everything is gone, he's like, "Guys, we've got to get out of here." He's trying to get Jed, Kitty, Etienne, and Francoise off the island back to civilization and sanity. And uh, Francoise, they they kind of like dope the food to get everybody whacked out so that they won't notice when they sneak away. And Francoise is just like having it out with Richard. Finally, she's like, "Don't you love me, Richard? Don't you love me? I thought you were in love with me." And he's like, "We're gonna talk about this yeah, now. Na- like, yeah, seriously, <laughs> <laughs> now you bring this up now." <laughs> Uh, but that never they just make it a relationship in the movie and that obviously brings about contention when Richard sleeps with mm. Sal on the mm. rice run so uh. and, then, and it's like she does that for a little bit of amusement but more just to have something to hold over his head and they try to you know. redeem his character because yeah she does it to hold it over his head but even he was like yeah I paid my ticket back to the beach but i didn't really want to think what the actual price was going to be like if people found out because the really key difference with it when it comes to the map between book and movie is that richard uh jed is the one who finds out same way sal does like they go on the rice run they run into zeph and sammy again and they're like, oh, this is the man with the map. And so Jed knows the whole story. Thailand's such a small place. Yeah, right? So they convenient. keep running yeah. into the same guy. Well, I guess it just proves that point that everybody's going to the same places yeah. and traveling yeah. too much there. But um, Sal finds out that Richard told them about the beach, but he lies to her saying, no, I didn't like make a copy of the map or anything. They don't know how to get there. And so she's doubly pissed later when she finds out that, yeah, he did make a copy and he lied about it. So she tells everybody that they slept together and she tells everybody that Richard, you know, gave away the secret. And so the entire camp hates him. And mm-hmm. Francoise is pissed because he cheated they on her. Off. Yeah. yeah. The well, tribe it, has spoken. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, yeah, the shark scene. We got to talk about this. It's so fucking ridiculous. Woo! <laughs> Most shark stabbed in the face. Yes. Uh, it's so dramatic. Total but... slam on sharks out of nowhere, too. <laughs> I feel like the sharks really get It's a just bad... like a little black tip, too. It's not even... It's still, It's a, like a little reef shark. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not going to attack it human no particularly when it's raining that hard and everything is turbulent yeah you're not going to be able to to track down prey well and i like that all of these guys like none of them uh, whenever richard goes in the water and they're all like waving and screaming yelling shark but nobody knows the symbol for shark 
<laughs> like, like Finn, they all, dude. They all know the symbol for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, well, you're fine, dude. Keep going. <laughs> totally clear. They do uh, kind of. They do some foreshadowing to the actual shark activity that dooms part of the camp because Etienne and Francois do pull that prank on him. Yeah. That yeah. definitely doesn't happen in the book uh, when they're swimming to the beach island. Uh, Etienne and Francois Etienne's like oh my god Richard I saw a fin and he's like are you kidding me I wish you hadn't told me and they fight in the it's water it's in a Wehrmacht uniform on too <laughs> <laughs> and then Francois goes under the water and Etienne's like she was pulled under oh my god and it's this big dramatic tense moment and then they were fucking with Richard the entire time yeah, that, that is so across so many fucking lines it really yeah, is no no not cool I no, would, like if we were no. swimming to an island guys I wouldn't do that to you no, <laughs> that's no. just mean because you're no. just asking for trouble when you yeah. do something like that. that yeah god's upstairs going what uh, yeah oh okay. oh okay bring, bring in the great white yeah <laughs> i mean he's right over there i was going to have him swim right past you but now you prick yeah <laughs> guess what but they do have this point of contention with bugs because he does it's a little more friendly in the book because bugs doesn't do this well like thumping on his chest and well richard when it's a 12 foot great white and it's an angry mama shark he doesn't do all that he tries to go up to richard and kind of talk to him when he's stoned with his friends and say hey richard you know i i you know caught a shark too once it was like a 12 foot tiger and he's trying to tell him about it he's not showing off but Richard's like, I kind of fucked up because I was getting really high and I kept coughing, which made it sound like I was laughing. So I think Bugs thought I was making fun of it. Right, yeah. And so it's just like these real like tiny moments that chip away at the, what even could have been a friendship between the two of them. Because right. Richard starts off not liking Bugs and it gets worse from there. Um and it really gets worse with the food poisoning, which they totally leave out of the movie because people are mad at Kitty and then Richard like uh, he's going to help. He's trying to bring Francois a drink of water, and Bugs is like demanding that he drag him outside because he's like crapping all over himself, unfortunately. And Richard just leaves him in the situation that he's in. Boy, this island just keeps getting better and better. And no, they're all <laughs> horrible <laughs> yeah. people. It's it's really bad. Um, but so you know, Bugs, the contention, contention, excuse me, between Bugs and Richard just gets worse and worse as the story goes on. In either case, but Richard really drives that home when he sleeps with Bugs' girlfriend in the movie. That can't really help the situation at all. Did that happen in a book? No, okay, not at all. He never slept with either of the women. He didn't sleep with any of the women on the island. So like, oh, he was a poor blue balled Richard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no wonder he took it all out on the shark. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Richard does kill the shark and he feeds the camp for a few days so he's kind of the hero but people don't really know what to do with Richard because he's so extreme like he's up he's down and in the book Jed kind of suggests especially once he finds out that Zeph and Sammy are probably coming to the island he asks Sal he's like hey I think Richard would be a good addition to my observation detail can you ask him to come and work with me and so since Katie's been bitching to be put on fishing and taken off of gardening Sal just swaps them out and uh, Richard thinks it's a punishment at first, but then he's like, oh, the hill is kind of awesome. And he does find these little adventures. He starts, like, nicking weed out of the fields, like, thinking that he's being super stealthy about it. And they insult him in the book the same way they do in the movies toward the end when it all comes to a point. The farmer's like, oh, you the little man steal on my weed. Like, yeah. it's just like, and they're just like, do you think we don't see does, you? Wait, does that guy look like Simon Pegg in that shot? Yes. <laughs> he looks... <laughs> I missed it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's when the Swedes are are doing their shopping list. Oh, so. and here's a big... Th oh, on hygienics, he does... Uh, 
he does wish uh, that he didn't smell like fish. So he's their main cook, and uh, he's always cleaning fish, so he smells like fish. Richard gets him some soap in the book, but like he doesn't do the gloves. I think that was the best solution for that, because he was like, oh, right, just put a barrier between me and these things that I'm gutting. Genius. Wow. Gloves. A net. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Like, a, like what we got. Love, yeah, love. exactly. See? Love, Except love. mine wouldn't catch anything, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yours is, yours is purely not fe- pierced. It won't yeah. catch fish or sperm. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there you go. And uh, we are at uh, uh, Our second break time. It is now All time right. for another break. So uh, we will be back. Right in... as Bugs grabs Richard's penis. <laughs> We'll be back. Exactly. And we're back. Hello. Hello, everyone. And we're still watching the movie. So uh, mm-hmm. we just got past Bugs molesting Richard, uh, basically warning him not to sleep with Sal on and the rice run. what does he do? What does he do, guys? He can't listen to orders because he's a 20-something kid. And who only thinks, has a one-track mind. Well, and Sal, I mean, she doesn't, she makes it pretty clear that she wants to sleep he with Richard. He grabs his cock. Yeah. Okay. Bugs you skipped him, over yeah. that part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mentioned that before we went to break. Oh, oh, oh. I must uh, have tuned it out. Bugs says, uh, keep your hands to yourself and your dick in your oh, pants. Now we're up to the favorite, my favorite part when Carrot Top gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zeph and This Sammy. is my favorite part of the whole movie. Oh. Like, from here on, I actually enjoy it because uh, Lou, oh, Diamond Phillips, Lou, Diamond, yeah. Lou Diamond Phillips shows up and he starts, you know, laying <laughs> some fucking law down on these people. And Richard thinks that he's Rambo. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's exciting. So yeah. It turns into such an 80s movie. And in the book, it made so much more sense that Richard had such an obsession over the Vietnam War and like the A-Team and all of those programs back in the 80s that, you know, were in relation to Vietnam. See, that's what I, why I was curious about the, the time frame when the movie uh, took place, because... You see, you know, they throw in like a little, uh, there's there's a clip from Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, there are little bitty mentions and but, illusions. Yeah, but, but... It, it doesn't ever get to the point where we're like, why is, why did he hiss at her? Because he's gone batshit insane. Uh, like, uh, And uh, Richard's kind of riding this line in both mediums, book and movie, where he... He keeps like debating in his head, like, would it be that bad if they made it to the beach? Okay, what's what's the end game here? Does he want them to make it? Does he not? And he keeps sort of thinking to himself, and that's the Lord of the Flies thing, where he's like, wow, it'd be a lot easier if the farmers just, you know, Kill did them in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would solve our problem well, across and that's, the board. That's in a way sort of the the whole, not the point of it, obviously, but the island, the structure, everything eventually you've got to just start letting people die not necessarily you know the overt act of commission but yeah. you, you you've got to start engaging in omission and allowing people to die to protect your thing that you've got because yeah. you're ultimately incredibly selfish yeah and richard has a line that really encapsulates that in a movie when it comes to christo specifically so they banish christo out in the tent to basically die on his own instead of putting him out of his misery but uh and like we said the people are complaining like god christo shut up and they put him out in the woods and richard says that's like the thing with big tragedies or animal attacks get better or die it's the hanging around in between that yeah, really that pisses people off mm-hmm. and um so the thing with ATN is that he's been 
uh, campaigning to get Christo help. And in the book, he starts to worry that Richard's going to turn on him uh, because it's clear to the rest of the Beechers pretty because Kitty makes a big deal of it in the movie where he's like, look, man, they're talking about you. They know you've gone off the fucking deep end. Come back to us. Like, I know you're fine. Don't go off the deep end like Daffy did. Stop talking about Daffy. He was a fucking nutter. So uh, Kitty tries to bring Richard back from the brink because uh, they're friends. But Richard idolizes Daffy too much without ever really having known Daffy. And yeah. it makes more sense in the book when Daffy's just set up rent free in Richard's head from all the dreams and all the visions that he has. It makes a lot more sense. But ATN becomes even like even despite how close they are and the fact that Richard doesn't steal his girlfriend in the book, ATN's afraid for his life, thinking that Richard's gonna kill him at, you know, the snap of Sal's fingers. Because toward the end of it, uh the third Swede, who they don't pay any more attention to after he said he translates after the accident, he just disappears. In the book, he's a much bigger player because he just goes insane. Like his two friends mm-hmm. get attacked and mm-hmm. he sits on the beach. He starts wasting away. He's emaciated. And then Sal, without ever saying the words, makes it abundantly clear to Richard that he's supposed to kill Carl. Got it. Okay. And Richard never tries to do it, but he's like, oh, my God, Sal really is this terrible human being. And that's when he decides to, like, make a plan and get his main people off the island and get them away from this situation. Yeah, I mean, it is it's unintentionally sort of a a message about communism because it, it, it becomes a secular cult. Mm-hmm. It's not a religious cult. There's no, at no point do you get like sort of a quasi spirituality or anything like that. Like people aren't out there communing with nature, like for like, you know, trying to see God and things like, you know, stuff that I kind of thought you would see. It's totally a pleasure based secular thing, right. but it's a cult. You have this cult leader. And she's doing all of the things that are the warning signs. You know, do they cut you off from people you used to know? Uh-huh. Do they not let you leave? You know, right, things like that. Right. Do, they, do they sort of define your entire world? Do they deprive you of A through Z? Like, yeah. she doesn't... Uh, I don't even think she lets him come back to camp. So he's, like, eating bugs out in the jungle, and she's depriving him of everything. So, yeah, you're right, Jason. It's definitely a cult for sure. I kind uh, I kind of wish uh, oh, I didn't know Deadpool was in this. Me neither. Oh my god, so that would have yeah. it would have been a such. <laughs> oh my god, movie. that would have been awesome. Oh man, uh, it's a commercial for Deadpool. Just yes, come on, though, <laughs> we're just know, playing whatever. around. Um, I, I kind of was hoping that at some point Richard would burn the whole fucking place down. I was kind of hoping for that 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 he would just, and maybe that that is a little too on the nose. I don't know, but just the idea that you, you know, look, this place is a fucking joke. Daffy said you have to leave. Daffy failed because he didn't make them leave. So for Richard to succeed, burn it all down. Now they got to go. You know, yeah, but uh, I mean, burning it down would destroy the paradise. And so, I mean, there's no real way to save it. Because, and that's the whole point is that the people with their parasitic ways, they just ruin it uh, because they have to find it. They can't just leave well enough alone. Uh, <laughs> but the, the scene in the tent, I kept thinking of uh, Austin Powers. Yes. Story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In a spy shack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's oh, the man. silhouette yeah. of the light yeah. on the side of the tent. It's a little mini me coming out like a baby. Yeah. 
But uh, the big mm-hmm. turnaround here, uh, the difference between book and movie is that, like, so Sal's already outed Richard for being a liar, copying the map, all that in the movie. As far as we know, in the book, the tension for him and what's sort of pushing him over the edge is he doesn't, he still has that uh, secret. Jed keeps the secret that Richard was the one to give away the map. Yeah, okay. And uh, the thing that works out for Richard, oh, look, it's Wilson. <laughs> from Castaway. I it is. That, Holy uh, shit, it is Wilson. So they're, they're uh, celebrating Tet, so Thai, uh, the Thai New Year celebration uh, at the camp, but they've got like a painting of what seriously looks like Wilson it the really volleyball does from Wilson, Castaway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is before Castaway, so interesting. Mm, but Same universe? I don't care. We just crossed it I, over. Yeah, I, I actually don't care. <laughs> but in the book, Jed and Richard are pretty tight, so Jed doesn't spill the beans about Richard copying the map and all that, and there's not the same... There's not the exact same level of threat from the drug farmers. They didn't explicitly say, like, no more people. and Because the, the drug farmers in the movies kind of hold the Beechers responsible no matter who comes to the island. Yeah, yeah. They just automatically assume that they've been blabbing about it. But um, And Richard does do all of this where he he does put Christo out of his misery to save Jed, actually. Because Jed is the one who won't leave him alone in the tent. Like, mm. in the movie, it's ATN, yeah. but same purpose. So he's trying to get the people that are still sane enough to leave to go with him. So Richard kills Christo to put him out of his misery, all that. Uh, yeah, and this is but, an overt act of murder. Yes. So, I mean, this is, yeah. you know... The, In the book, it's not as much because Christo's already, like, and he, Richard even talks through it. He's, like, he's barely breathing to the point where he doesn't even have enough oxygen for his brain to be functioning. Like, yeah. he's gone. Richard's actually committing an act of mercy more in the book than in the movie. And yeah. this, Christo actually struggles and knows that he's being killed. Yeah, Christo, I mean, his eyes are open... He's looking around. He's clearly in a bad way, but he... He's not... You get the impression that if they got him to a hospital... Yeah, he's not past the point of no return. Yeah, they get some antibiotics in him. Maybe he loses a leg, yeah. but he's he's not at death's door quite yet. But at this point, it's it, it's selfish because it's easier to leave without him. He would slow them down in their, if they tried to leave with yeah. him. So it's, it's all that selfishness. But in the book, uh, when the farmers do come, because Richard, they notice him in both mediums. They're like, oh yeah, you're this idiot guy who's been like crawling around our tents and stuff. Do you think we didn't see you? Because he, he does go out of his mind thinking he's super stealthy. And Richard thinks the compromising factor is his hallucinations of doubt because he's like shit Daffy's starting to appear to me when I'm in front of other people now this is bad because what if I answer him when I'm like in front of Adam talking right now and he he realizes that it's a problem Mm -hmm. but not enough to really be able to get rid of Daffy so uh, there's that still going on uh, but the farmers do come just like they do in the movie but there's none of this like Sal you have to shoot him because he's the one who gave away the secret <laughs> in the book it go- did you make it to the end of the book Jason no, no I'm sorry I, I'm not laughing because I'm laughing because one of the farmers in this scene Blue Diamond is pissed yeah well, one of the farmers in the scene sounds exactly like one of the pirates from uh, Heart of Archness <laughs> oh, no. I do Richard Beard. no <laughs> yeah. you don't uh, we hold erection for king. See, this coup right here is in progress. Nailed it. Incipient. It was incipient. Then it was in progress. But thank you, David Cross. But um, the farmers come and like the big reveal is that it was Richard who did the map because the farmer has the map and Sal hasn't like told the secret or anything. The farmer uh, kills Zeph and Sammy. And so Richard thinks he's safe. But then the farmer comes and throws it down, and Sal discovers then that it was Richard who copied the map. And they start taking the fishing spears and stabbing Richard with them. 
and mm. like attacking him and his crew and then eventually uh you know spoiler alert uh he gets saved by Francois, Etienne, Jed and Kiti they team up and like start fighting the other people back away from him to save him but they go full ape shit like because he compromised their paradise and so they want to make him suffer and they're like just poking him not enough to just kill him with one blow they're torturing him with the spears I- I think it's so fascinating that when actually confronted with real consequences, Sal basically throws a tantrum. Yeah. And she's completely impotent. She can't do anything. Yeah. Because in the movie, the challenge is that you, okay, Sal, you have to shoot Richard. He's the one who gave away the secret, but like you said, she's unable to do it. Yeah. Oh, no, she does do it, but uh, the, the farmer doesn't give her any bullets. Yeah, well, I think that that uh, it's the, like Russian roulette. Or it was something. a little unclear because whenever he drops all the all the rounds out, he's very very clearly has. There's one round left. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it's Russian roulette. But then roulette. he puts a second one in, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they like if if that was a mistake. Like there was only supposed to be one round in there, or if there were supposed to be two, um, or whatever. But the Russian roulette thing didn't make any sense to me because Not a lot, it's no. like if you want him to, or if you want her to kill him, just here. Yeah, just shoot him. Just have her shoot him, yeah. But, I mean, because they try to give the farmer, and I don't know why they did that in the movie. It's like they tried to give the farmer some depth that they didn't need for the story to end. Like, it's not like the farmer needed to get all philosophical with them. Like, look how far you'll go to preserve this beat. He has no investment in this. Why does it matter to him? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. And that's like the, the, the question I had earlier, which was, you know, what was the the arrangement they have because it seems like if drug dealers from my limited farmers farmers <clears throat> small businessmen who happen to melon farmers <laughs> yeah um they're it, growing it, that high fructose syrup <laughs> i will not contribute to the obesity <laughs> crisis uh no but it seems like if you if you've got a group of people engaged in the narcotics trade in a region of the world where doing so carries a death sentence yeah it's a big deal Mm-hmm. And they're clearly okay with killing. Yes. Yes. What could the people on the island possibly have either offered them or threatened them with to come to this arrangement? Mm. Well, it just seems like it would have been so much easier when there were like four people on the island just to kill them. Well, I think there's a description in the book that, what they, I don't, done. that yeah. they don't really bother with. Tying up loose ends, as we yeah, call it. Yeah. They kind business. of, well, they kind of emphasize how normal the farmers look because Richard has been playing this sort of, he's got Vietnam on the mind all the time where he makes everything a game. He's like, oh, they're the, they're the Charlie that I don't want to run into in the jungle. And so it's always a game in his head and the stakes are always higher than they normally are until this moment when the stakes actually are incredibly high. So then he sees the farmers in the book and he's like, oh, yeah, the guy with the missing teeth, he's kind of normal. He can't be more than like 19 years old. And he starts to realize like, oh, these are just normal guys. So they're not really that scary until completely pushed. And the farmers don't get pissed until they realize that there's a map involved. So uh, I think that's where that it's not really holding it over or anything. The farmers don't want to kill anybody, really. Uh, But the the guns they carry around are necessary because they're in a dangerous line of work. Yeah. I don't think it's it's not the same stakes as it is in the movie. Well, the the story doesn't resonate the in in the movie, and and clearly the movie itself didn't resonate with the audience because it, 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 thirty nine million, I think, was its domestic take. Oof, that's a um, tough. And that's I actually lost, I actually you know. looked it up uh, in Lou Diamond tricked your ass, in, Tilda Swinton. In, <laughs> in uh, two thousand, the average price of a movie ticket was about six bucks. All right. So that All means right. six point five million tickets were sold. So, 
I actually did some math, and that means that assuming that everybody just went to see it once, which I think is a safe assumption. Yes, very, I very saw safe. once. That in the means theater. that 274.5 million of our fellow Americans did not go and see this movie, and yeah. I and I I think that's a pretty big statement. Well, you know, as a nation, we came together to ignore this movie. Well, and, and <laughs> well, and Leah was nominated for a Razzie. Oh. This is way before he won his Oscar, guys. Way, way yeah. before. Yeah. yeah. So he was nominated for a Razzie for worst actor. Um, for worst actor? Yeah, the Raz- the Golden Razzies, the Golden Raspberries. They're awarded. For, to... I had utterly forgotten oh, that yeah. those existed. Oh yeah. Uh, so he was nominated for for it for worst actor. Wow. Uh, and the only reason that he didn't win it is because in the same year, another movie came out called Battlefield Earth. (laughs) And one Mr. John Travolta stole the award from him. He snatched it right (laughs) from his hands. Oof. Uh, But we're about to get to a point, so the movie's over, like the... A lot more people leave the island together in the movie than in the book. Uh, it's and there's kind of a mystery as to what happens to a lot of the people in the book. So uh, Francoise, Etienne, Kitty, Jed, and Richard take this little raft that Zeph and Sammy had made to get to the island. They take it to get back to the other island, and I guess they flag down a boat to get back to Copenhagen. Whatever they do, and then years later, uh, Richard. It's funny, Richard's like, oh, it's a small world, because he, Kitty, and Jed are all English. So they go back to London, where where Richard came from, and Kitty and Jed work in the same office. Huh. And so, like, he's like, I see them all the time. We'll go down to the pub and have a beer. Francoise and ATN, I never saw them again after we left the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I heard, and I brought this up earlier, I heard about Cassie in the news. She got ta- uh, busted smuggling, and it sounds like she's going to be killed by the Thai government. Uh he was like, I wonder what happened to Salen Bugs because they got gravely injured uh, the night with the spears and everything because Francois and his friends picked up spears to defend him. Uh, but, yeah, if you look at these computers, that's what I'm gearing up toward, Jason, because we were talking about the timeline. Because uh, Richard, uh, Leo DiCaprio is the right age to play this character if he was born in 74 or 76. And Vietnam was obviously a huge influence on him as a kid, the character. But... Because well, is it like these... implied that his parents or his dad was in Vietnam or something? No, there's oh, no okay. mention of that. Um, it's just that, especially since Richard's English in the book, he's more <laughs> obsessed with like the A team and programs that center around it. I would love to know how much Excite paid <laughs> to be in this. <laughs> but like, you see the computers uh, and stuff, investment. and you know, they. Because uh, I can't remember at the end of the book. It's something similar. Francoise sends the one picture that they have of the whole group to Richard. And because uh, they talk about something that you've talked about in your book, Parallel Universes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the beginning of the movie, uh, Francoise is like, Richard, stop pontificating about parallel universes this is just bullshit that american boys say to get french girls yeah. into bed yeah but how did she how did she do this thing where she writes it on the screen like that that's like some sandra bullock the net level technology you couldn't do that in 2000 i couldn't send you a picture and have it right on the screen like that i don't know uh but that's the only contact he has with her in it, they kept that true to the story so richard does uh he keeps up with everybody sort of via email and that's the same in the movie and francois sends him because he brings her back a disposable camera from the rice run and he's like it'll take a while to get the prints but you know you like taking pictures and so she sends him that picture of them in the parallel universe when they were on the beach together. So that comes full circle. Aww. 
Now, yeah. does, does Sal leave in the movie? Was she on that raft too? Sal and no, Bugs? that's what I'm saying. Oh, Sal okay. and Bugs get so gravely injured and they get left behind. So but that's just... uh, in the book, Carl, the the Swede that Richard was supposed to kill but didn't, Richard does get angry with him in like kind of a an explosive fit. He like tackles him and Carl thinks he's trying to kill him. So Carl takes the boat that the Swedes fish on and that they do the rice run on and leaves everybody there. Ooh, and damn. so that raft was the only way to get off the island and get to even the close by island that Zeph and Sammy, Sammy came from. So that's why Richard sort of sits and he's like, I wonder whatever happened to Sal. But he sees that Cassie got off the island somehow. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I, I like to think that certain people got home. Like I make it up in my head that they've got their stories and they made it out. But he was like Sal and Bugs they were kind of hurt so I really don't know what happened to them uh, but you never really know like it mm. uh, so some people who the people who made it out made it out uh, and like he worries about Kitty a little bit even though he sees him on a regular basis because Kitty and Jed they talk about the small world multiple times because Kitty and Jed before they knew each other stayed in like a similar house on the Kosan Road at some point and Kiti accidentally burned it down with a joint oh, no. uh, and so Kiti hates his new job once they're back in England and Richard's like oh I wonder if I'm gonna hear about arson in the news because <laughs> Kiti's <laughs> gonna burn down the office building but yeah you don't really know what happens to the rest well, of them. Dan- Danny Boyle actually did say that there was a prequel in uh it, it, it had already been written it was in the works but apparently I, I don't I don't think anything has happened a prequel? Um, like, who would that even include, though? Uh, oh, my God. Angelo Badalamenti did the music. I didn't know that. He did the music for, uh, he does all the David Lynch music. Okay. Uh, he did okay. the Twin Peaks theme and all that. Oh, Very nice. There you go. Um, uh, yeah, no, so, prequel, it was supposedly, it, the description I read was very weird. It was like, it was a prequel, but everything was advanced to like 2014 or something at... It's yeah, yeah I don't I don't I don't think I don't think we'll ever see that and I think life is fine <laughs> never yeah, seeing that. I'm trying to think if there were any more interesting points but uh yeah, so I never really figured out the timeline. There's definitely a difference in timeline cuz I think there was much more 80s influence in the book. Uh but I mean he had a Nintendo so it must have been like early-ish mid 90s, I'm guessing. <clears throat> yeah, he had a Game Boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he had a little Game Boy Nintendo that he had on the island. So those were around. Uh Which by the way, there's no way you could have played a Game Boy in that sunlight. There's no way you couldn't have seen the fucking screen. Underneath a tree line. <laughs> no, I know, I was just <laughs> at the camp. But yeah, so uh Alf to Seinfeld. I think I might be the only one in the room who can do yeah, it. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> no. First timer. Okay, uh, so straight fives from the boys this week. Uh, And this was my pick, Hindsiders, in case we didn't mention that. I'm not sure if we did. It was so long ago. uh, I saw this movie in the theater, uh, you know, back when parents didn't really worry that much about, like, hey, let's go see the new Leo DiCaprio picture. And then it turns out to be this ape shit project (laughs) that this movie was. And my parents were like, oh, because my mom, just a very short side story. She's the reason why we all saw Titanic, because he got the teenage girl crowd for sure with Titanic. But Leo also had every mother in the country fall in love with him from Titanic. So my mom was like, "Ooh, the new Leo movie. So, of course, we went to go see it. And I was like, oh, fucking Leo DiCaprio. (laughs) Like, okay. And I must have been about 13 when this movie came out. And I was like, that was weird. Uh, And. There used to be this thing, Hindsiders, where you would go to bookstores and actually just hang out for a while and check out books and read a little bit of them. And if you liked them, you bought them and took them home. 
That's what Barnes happened. Barnes and Noble. That yes, I was at Barnes and Noble and I saw the book The Beach and it said soon to be a major motion picture. Oh, well played. Well played. And so I was like, "Oh, I've got to get this book." And I read it because, you know, same story. I and would love for one of those books to say soon to be a minor motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> soon to be an indie film <laughs> yeah soon to, soon to be a forgettable motion picture <laughs> but yeah because that you know they change the covers for books or they used to where it's like soon to be a major motion picture starring leo dicaprio to get more people to buy the books and right. i was like oh the movie was pretty cra-. and i don't know what it was because i i wasn't a leo fan but i was just like I felt like I was missing something from the movie and I was like books always have the answers and it did like the book helped me understand the overall story so much better and obviously to do this movie I reread the book and I just enjoyed it even more because I understand like references to the A-team and stuff that I didn't get when I was 13 years old. So mm, I'm going to say this movie jumped up to a seven and a half. Oh, wow. Well, well okay. done. Yeah, because right, awesome. um, the overall experience of it. So maybe it's the movie's not getting that much of the credit. It's probably more the book, but them together and like getting to go through the juxtaposition and the difference between the two mediums and how things translate. That always fascinates me as an English major to see how things yeah. present in a book versus a movie. I always like to see the difference. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Well, good. All Very right. good. Yeah, I think it caught the spirit of the thing. I'll give it that. Uh, and it, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense if the movie's the only one you've ever partaken in. So I totally understand if that's the case. But yeah, I guess that's a wrap. So. Yeah. Um, and I think that means that unfortunately we are going to be sort of breaking for the season. Yeah, for for a while. Yeah, we'll be we'll sort of be back with the next season. Yeah. Of hindsight is horrifying. Because oh right, we're supposed <clears throat> to do seasons. <laughs> We're getting yeah, there. We're yeah. getting there. Yeah, see, it's such an old-fashioned concept. Yes, it know. is. Uh, but we are going to be gone for a few weeks. We'll be off air for a couple of weeks. For about, so. Well, I, I mean, are we? I don't know. We'll figure it out off camera. Yeah. But um, yeah, we're going to be taking another little break. Not quite as long as the last one. <laughs> no, <laughs> hopefully. No. So two uh, weeks. Two weeks, and we'll, we will yes. be back. Who's gonna? Whose pick is it next? Um, that's a great question. Let's see. I can tell you. I think it's Mr. Brown. Oh, I think it might because, be Mr. Well, Brown. Because we did Sharky's Machine. I I can tell you in just a second while yeah, I Sharky's, scroll through Sharky's, our options. Yeah, Sharky's uh, Machine. Then this. Uh, that yeah. Device there. So that is going to be uh, Mr. Brown's pick. Yeah. Yeah. The right. internet is failing me. So, but yeah, I think you're right. I think we'll it's Adam's pick. Out. So we'll work it out. Yeah. We shall during our intrepid travels. So I guess I'm challenging you to a present off while I we're know. traveling. <laughs> oh, that's not why I did that. I oh, know. I know. No, we know. We yeah. know. We know. No, and, and it was very thoughtful and very amazing. Yeah, pictures and stories. Pictures yeah. and yeah, that's, stories. That's Got it. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, then, Hindsiders, we will see you soon. Uh, but until that time, we enjoy uh, you. We enjoy having you guys. Uh, thanks for joining us for your drive time, your listening time, your finding a hidden paradise time in Thailand time. We don't care what kind of time. We just enjoy having you here in the studio with us. This has been Darth, Adam, and Jason with The Beach. This was Hindsight and good night.